FMX Network Production. You cast me, I'll complete me till death do all part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Yeah, what's up? This is Darkside for the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show with a couple guests. But first, let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit pulpmexshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the Pulpmex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the Pulpmex Show or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at pulpmex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. You found a VHS oh. motocross pod show. What kind of pony tonight? You guys think you are. She did go on the wrap-up show. Uh, I would have listened to that then. But but like A-Ray, you know, he's not in great shape. He's not on the leader's pace. And then he gets eaten up by the... He crash and burns from time to time. Yeah, crash and burn. But he Um, picks himself up. Top five. Podium. Really? Oh, just wow. off the podium. Wow, oh, that's oh, that is Oh, wow. Trash. Considering we just had Phil and Troll in here. Dang. You know, Cole Seeley was in there. Not, like, not going. I saved myself all the weather and shitty weather, right? But I just, I couldn't get into it. Dark side is if Joe Dirt and Mathis had a baby. So did I make a mistake in not going? 
Lewis. No, it was completely like if I had flown across the ocean like you would have to go to that race, I would have felt like I'd wasted my time a little. You know, picking people up after the race as I do. Um, Comment in the chat room was Janky Mike tried to beat off over Lewis. <laughs> Kiefer, Kiefer's ability isn't that high either. We'll get a real test ride <laughs> out there. Wow. It's slightly higher than mine. It's too no, small. yours is too big. Yours is too small. It's, it's humongous. You don't need all of that. It's got everything I need. I put everything in it. Have you seen the 2020 Honda <laughs> 450 settings? Oh, oh. Look mean, at Geyser. He's doing awesome. <laughs> oh, God. Dude. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Pulp MX wrap up show. This week, the tables have flipped as I, Trent Maher, host of the Moto Limited show, and my co host, Nick Still, will be taking over hosting duties for this week. Nick. What's oh, up? Oh, dude, it's uh, this is exciting. This is different for us. I'm really looking forward to this, but uh, I'm here to help you wrap up show 479 of the Pulp and Mech show. And tonight we will be joined by this week's in studio co-host and Trent. I'm going to call it now regular host of the Pulp MX wrap up show and the Moto X Prod show. It's Dark Side. What is up? What's up, boys? How you doing over there in Australia, down under? We're down under. We're uh, trying to take over, and you've set the bar very high for us, and we are trying to meet expectation, but there's we'll, some big old shoes to fill. We'll just run behind. It's all good. We can, we can, we can, <laughs> we can get there. Yeah. Good luck, man. It takes, uh, it takes a, lot of, a lot of work to be as good as I am. That is it. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we before we even start it, like, I want to, uh, like, first thing is I want to take my hat off to you because we both are doing equal parts to this and we both go, okay, wow, it's a big job to do what you do. So, uh, it's, uh, it's cool. It's cool, Dark Side. I hope Steve sees the amount of work you put into it because it's, uh, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's funny. We were, we were talking about that on the, in the truck, in the, uh, in the Ridgeline on the way back from the mountain bike ride. And Steve's like, man, I don't pay you enough for that much work. You know, don't, don't do so much audio or don't do any audio. I was like, I kind of, I feel like I have to, but yeah, I, I don't think people realize how much time it takes to put this thing together in a pretty quick turnaround. That's it. That's for sure. Well, Darkside, tonight you are brought to us by Guts Racing. Nick, you're brought to us by Michelin Bicycle Tires, which Darkside was not using on his Taser MX ride. We'll get to that. That's not good. That's a touchy subject. And uh, <laughs> and I'll be brought to you by Seal Savers. And a massive thank you to motorsport.com as well. For the wrap-up show, sponsoring the wrap-up show, keeping you in a job, Darkside. But uh, we're here to wrap up show 479 co-host for this week were Chris Kiefer, obviously our man here, Darkside, and Connor Fields join later. Uh, calling guests, Lewis Phillips from MX Vice, Tyler Mendaglia, T-Dags, uh, Randy Richardson, and JT, Jason Thomas, all in studio. Nick, we'll start with you, buddy. Yeah. Thoughts on this week's show? No racing to talk about. A little bit different show. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, I, I like hearing about this MXDN stuff as well. So that was cool. I, you know, I didn't watch as much of it was. But one thing I get reminded about with these shows is how much I kind of enjoy these off-season shows because there is always so much more content, you know, these jokes. There's all, you can just dig dive a little bit deeper into things. And that's one thing I've forgotten, you know, because we've had racing, you know, yeah. pretty much all throughout the year. So, yeah, I, I actually enjoy these off-season shows, getting to go a little bit deeper into it for sure. For a show that had really only MXDN to talk about, still five and a half hours in length, this show. Dude, 
I'm loving it because we're already getting silly season and we're already talking Supercross. And you know how much I love silly season and Supercross. I'm all for it. These next three months, dude, are going to be so fun. Well, Darkside, so we're going to ask you about what it was like being in studio next. But what about your thoughts on the show sitting in studio, not having any sort of racing to talk about, but just all the other stuff that comes with Pulp and, you know, the, the little inside stories that we get to hear? Well, like you, you guys brought it up, right? It was... <clears throat> Seemed like a lot of extra content. Like we went into this thing, Steve saying short show. Uh, <laughs> Kiefer needed to Kiefer needed to get back. He had testing to do, and you know there was a large number of topics that got cut out that Kiefer wanted to do after dark. Yeah, he didn't want to take any emails. He had topics he wanted to talk about. Uh, there's a project I guess that they got that I didn't even get to hear about that they wanted to talk about that they never really got to. Um, or I think there was another topic. I know they yeah. did talk about this, the, the life swap, but yeah. I think there was something else. Um, they were going to talk about my relationship stuff. They want to talk about that again. And they want to talk about silly season stuff. So that's four or five things right there yeah. that I know they had planned on getting to and never even got to. And, and Steve and I were talking after the show when he was doing the finalizing of the show. We were up in the studio. Everybody had left. And he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes we get into these shows and you feel like you don't have enough guests or whatever, but then there's just so much to talk about. Uh, and Kiefer made mention of it during the show, right? Like, yeah. I love these off-season shows because you don't have to have a – you don't really have to necessarily have a strict schedule. No. Uh, I mean, it was scheduled. But, yeah, we just kind of went into whatever we went into. And, like, I can't believe it went five and a half hours. I figured it was – I expected it to be a short show. And it went so fast in studio. Yeah, for well, sure. Well, let's get right into it, Dark Side. Obviously, this was your second time in studio. You know, you haven't been in this studio itself being in Steve's new house – what was it like? What was it like second time round? You know, I'm reading on Facebook and I'm reading on YouTube comments of you look a lot calmer, you look a lot happier and stuff like that. Give me your thoughts on your performance and sort of what you thought of your second time in the uh, the pulp, pulp Studios. It's funny because I, okay, once again, Steve and, and Kiefer, while we're hanging out before the show, they're like, how nervous are you? On a scale of one to 10, how nervous are you? I'm like, I'm not nervous at all. <laughs> I didn't think I was nervous the first time. So to me, I didn't notice any difference. Yeah. Um, but I did get a lot of my buddies or listeners say, man, you were way calmer, way better. So, you know, being on that, I guess I can't really look at it from the outside. Yeah. I felt like I was the same. I felt good. Uh, I felt like maybe there were some times I didn't talk enough, but yeah. there was, I didn't want to interrupt, you know, kind of the same as the first time I'm yeah. trying to find my place. Uh, but I felt, I felt they went really well. Uh, I tried to bust on Steve a little bit and, you yeah. know, kind of give some shit back, but yeah, I, I felt like I did. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, for sure you went into it with a little bit more, you know, looking at it going, yeah, I can do this. I've done it once. It's kind of, it's the same thing. Like we know as being podcasters, it takes time for you to get in your rhythm of doing it. I felt yeah. like, yeah, there were still points where you sort of held back a little, but then there was other times where you really let loose on the guys and, you know, let, I think your personality shine a little bit more where the first time I felt like you were a little reserved. We know you, you know, pretty well. You could tell yeah. you were kind of holding back the first time where this time we got a little bit more of, you know, I wouldn't say the real dark side, but your personality coming out in it. I so. also see it as well with, you know, watching me on camera. He looked a lot more calm, you know, sitting back in the chair, chilling out, you know, it didn't look so, you know, straight up and forward, you know, tapping back yeah. on the laptop, always getting giving you shit about it it just i don't know you just your whole demeanor and your personality and everything your structure just looked a lot calmer yeah what well I, I will tell you so i the first time again like typically i host my show right so yeah i i kind of have my format and when i hit my co-hosts that are in the studio i kind of point to them like steve does us and say hey are you, you know i point and say do you got something right so the first time 
I kind of waited until Steve gave me permission to basically to go. Yeah. This time when I had something, I'd kind of put my finger up and get his attention. And he was like, yeah. And so I, I felt like I maybe definitely had a little more initiative to talk at times when maybe the first time I wouldn't have. Yep. Um, and as far as the, the sitting back and stuff, I guess if you guys remember the first time I was having that nerve damage in my hand and remember even Kiefer yeah. brought it up the first time. He's like, Oh, look, he's nervous. He's twitching. He's fidgeting. But I was yeah, that's right. very much, I was very, very physically uncomfortable that first time. So I think that was a lot of that. Maybe what you saw physically, why I was more comfortable this time. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I, I want to ask is, you know, for us and never been to the Pulp Studios Empire inside the Pulp Empire, how different <laughs> is the new studio compared to the old one that you went into? Like, we know it's it's a smaller studio. The house is sa- similar square footage, as extra, we keep hearing. Extra 300 <laughs> square meters. Um, but yeah. what what's, like, the, the vibe? Is it a different vibe in studio? Does it still sort of feel the same, even though it's a it little does, bit different? It does, dude. The- the studio really isn't that much smaller. You just can't tell it from the camera. Yep. But um, to the right or behind where Kiefer was sitting, where Travis and Talon is, there's still a lot of room. There's a balcony that goes out uh, or a hallway that goes out to a, I kind of joked about it, a little hidden bungalow. There's a room back there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the studio really, the studio is really a good size and, you know, not as much memorabilia to look at, but yeah, really the very much the same vibe. It was it was a lot bigger than I thought it was. That's what she said. The one, the, <laughs> the one thing as well with you know looking on on YouTube where I tend to watch it most of the time is you know you don't get to see as much memorabilia. You don't get to see as much just jerseys. Yeah. Are they actually hanging up there, or is it less than what used to be there? Much less stuff because at the other studio, it was de- it was wider yep. and probably a little bit longer. And then you know on this studio behind me and Kiefer where that curtain is. At the old studio, there was a wall, so we had a lot more stuff hang, hung there. Yeah. So yeah, a lot less stuff. Um, a lot of that's out in the garage, I guess. I didn't see it all, but um, yeah, a lot less memorabilia out in the open for sure. Yeah, cool. Well, let's get into wrapping up show four seven nine. As you said, not a, a heap of content that you guys had to talk about, but you created a lot throughout the show. Uh, first thing, obviously, we're coming off the back of MXDN and sort of chatting about it. Uh, we got some audio here, them talking about it, and then we'll have Lewis Phillips, who was the first guest of the night, who also bled into that as well. So a little bit of audio for MXDN. The first motocross donations I have missed since 2007. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've been really? to every one since... Well, I didn't go last year because it was canceled. Right. But uh, yeah, I've been down. to every one since 07. It's impressive. And I had a ticket, and I had hotels and everything. My, me and JT were going to hang. And I just... I couldn't get the enthusiasm to go. I just... Even for Canada? Dude, no. And, and, life, and look, crappy weather again. I think that's four or five in a row. That we've had shit weather yep, at. Yep. Um, I've been to this track before. Part of the allure of me going is I get to go see new places, right? right. Flying with a mask on sucks balls. Even when you're seated, you got to keep yeah, it on. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's terrible. It, dude, so brutal there. Um, and like, what did I see? Something like two out of the top 12 MXGP guys were racing. And I just know Australia, no USA. I, I just couldn't get up to go. I just pulled the plug. Like, so the race, I would have left Wednesday. On the Monday, last Monday, I was like, I'm out. With the riders that we were going to send. and Sexton, now, Barsha, and RJ. And now that we've watched the race and the conditions that it was, where do you think we would have been? Oh, fourth or fifth? We wouldn't have won. How is no. RJ going to make it through those conditions Thank without you. falling yeah. over? That's what I was thinking the whole That's time. That's impossible. Uh, it lost its luster for me when all these other guys weren't yeah, showing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Even it, if it, we did. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Uh-oh. It's not deep. 
Can, can you imagine if though Italy doesn't win? And I mean, poor Cairoli, you know, the, with the penalty, if that had happened, and yeah. he just because really at the end, that was all I was wanting to see was Cairoli right. get one. What What was your opinion on the penalty? <sighs> Honestly, here's my thought, and and I'm sure JT's going to have a total. <laughs> he was there, but from what I saw, this may or may not be my race tech rant later. Okay, by the way, he went off right, and you yeah. know how they built the berm, yeah, the berm up. Where was the guy going to go? So, Nick, MXDN, the boys sort of talked about it there as well. Like, for us as Australians, even as on top of that, wasn't really that excitement about it. You know, there was not all the riders as they discussed. Like, what are your thoughts on what the boys had to say about it and, and how their feelings were and how yours on top? Yeah, look, I tend to agree with it as well. You know, personally, I didn't really see it had the, the, the usual structure of what it was. Um, Darkside come out with some pretty good you know information of what was the highlights and they were things even i forgot about it yeah so you know maybe listening to that now what dark side said about it, i might be able to go back and listen to it but um dude the the mud thing as well oh. like you, you, you can't predict this thing but wow i think it's like five or six years in a row with mud so i agree exactly with what the boys reckon i uh, i wasn't feeling it man nah there, for us we had to wake up i can't remember what the time schedule was for us to get up to watch and i'm like just before midnight yeah, yeah i'm like i'm not getting up like we just we didn't have a horse <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a horse in the race. And as bad as that yeah. is to say, Dark Side has still had that feeling. And, and again, on top of that, as I said, it was only really two of the top 12 MXGP guys actually going to attend. So you're not even watching the best of the best either. So it did lose that. But as you said, there was the other stuff that kind of you could get excited about and, you know, all that back-end storyline that you, as a as a media guy, got to see. So, your insight there was was pretty good and um, made us think a little bit more as well. And that's, yeah. I guess, that's what we hope to expect from the in-studio co-host is that they do that. They make us think about, oh, maybe we should have... Yeah, well, it, it gave me things to go back and look for, you know, and I, I didn't even think about it at the time, you know, going back there and even talking about the penalty as well. Dude, it's... Uh, there was some cool stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. And for and again, as you guys said, Italy to win, Caroli to win his home MX of Nations or MX to Nations. On his retirement year, you couldn't script that stuff. That's uh fairy tale yeah. ending and and I mean the, the congratulations has got to go out to him. So and then on the top on the back end of all of this, then Lewis Phillips comes on and has a bit of a chat. Before we get to the audio, what is your opinion? Nick of Lewis Phillips as a guest. Dude, I, I actually love Lewis Phillips. I follow what he does with MX Vice as well. You know, it's uh, he's a very knowledgeable guy and I like listening to him on Pulp. He doesn't really come on that much, but mm-hmm. I think uh, he's usually really pretty open with Steve as well. So yeah. I like hearing it. You know, I wish, I think I've even said this to Darkside before. I sort of wish like, you know, throughout the MX GP, they like every week they got Lewis on yeah. to do a segment or something like that. That's yeah. uh, What about you? What's Good your point. thoughts on Lewis Phillips? Yeah, I'm the same. Like I I think he's really well spoken and I mean he has those inside he's been a part I mean a part or around the Pulp Empire for a while now and he's built that relationship with Steve as we we come to know from the Pulp MX show and all those little inside jokes later on as well really gets to me and you know when they're laughing about different things and how young Lewis is and how knowledgeable he is and being a hurlings guy and everything like that <laughs> like I really enjoy it and again I guess it's for us it's hearing the different accent on an American show, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Given, That's true. I given, didn't even think about given that. The, um, yeah, yeah. Given the English accent, I think I think it was uh, Kiefer said that. Kiefer. He, yeah, he goes, it really just makes me feel good. So what about you? Yeah, it makes me happy. Yeah, what, yeah. About, what about you, Darkseid? Like, how have you sort of, you know, your feelings on Lewis Phillips? 
Dude, I, as I said on the show, I love the guy, man. Um, I didn't know anything about him until he was on Pulp one or two times ago yeah. that he was on. Yep. And he just really grabbed my attention. Yeah, the accent, obviously one, just like you guys. I love the accent. Um, but he's he, like you said, he's so knowledgeable about the sport, but he's young, man. Yeah. I think he's in his early twenties. Yeah. Like, how do you have that much fucking knowledge at that age? <laughs> how old and is know he? that much? I think he's in his early twenties. Yeah, like I, I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong, but when I heard his age a while back on Pulp, I was like, no way, you're that young. Yeah. Wow. He has zero, zero knowledge of anything outside of the sport. Yeah. Like no music like we joked about, right? Yeah. No music, no movies. How is that possible that he's never seen Jaws, Goonies, Star Wars, <laughs> Indiana Jones, Pulp Fiction? Any of the great movies of all time, he's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that's that's pretty scary because I probably have seen less than half <laughs> as well. You are, I hope you're joking. We're not. No, we're not getting into that. Yeah, I don't get it. Clippy, uh, clippy, dark side. Um, I got yeah, a question. No shit. I got a question after we listen to this little snippet. We got a Lewis Phillips. Right. Okay, yeah. Lewis, we got to get into this MXDN. Chris Kiefer, Dark Side in studio here. Uh, thanks for coming on so uh, so uh, late. Your time. Um, <laughs> the Lupino penalty. Uh, ten spots. You were talking about it on Twitter, and the the team managers were talking to you about it in the in the managers in the in the pit lane tower. Is that a standard penalty? Is that precedent for ten spots? Ta- take us through sort of the reasoning behind that. Uh, I don't think there's precedent for it at all, mainly because most people don't blatantly cut the track like that. So um, I think it's fairly new to everyone. But the rule book says it is the amount, 10 places plus one or something. No, not 10 places, sorry. The amount of of positions you have gained plus an extra position. Okay. So based on that, basically the FIM are saying that Lupino gained 10 positions with that which is like no chance like absolutely no chance like at minimum he would have gained 25 but realistically probably 30 like (laughs) (laughs) so okay 25 is on the nice side that was the the penalty to Lupino that was uh, the part I wanted to get out of this the passion that Lewis Phillips had just said <laughs> about that penalty because I mean Great Britain was on the podium I'm pretty sure just off the podium so it wouldn't have affected yeah. the, the result and that sort of thing um, and then again Hurlings him being a Hurlings guy and, and the Netherlands running second like it was it was just that funny he was just so passionate about yes, that about that result and I mean that goes for a little bit longer too that bit of audio like he continues to keep just yeah. hammering on uh, the the what happened there, but well, my question is, what's your opinion on on the penalty? It, it comes to the race tech rant we're going to get later on yeah. uh, on the show okay. with the with the banners and stuff like that. Like yeah. it is super <laughs> difficult. And again, the one thing I want to put on that, and I, I can't remember who talked about it later on, but they said when you're in the heat of the moment, you blow off the track like that. Like your first instinct is just to wherever you can find an entrance like you just go there you know and you yeah. don't yeah, you almost panic yeah, yeah you don't think about it you know and he's in the final race of the weekend it's for the overall for MXDN there's so much going on right there he's just made a decision which is probably a poor one and he got penalized and maybe it wasn't enough whatever but 
in that split second, like there's not a chance he is stopping, turning around and jumping back on the track. He's just looking forward and going, oh, there's an opening over there. I'll just link over there and just slide into the pack. Maybe he should have let yeah. some more bikes go. Yes, but, you know, that's... It's the heat of the moment, just like you yeah, said. We're, we're all guilty of it yeah. eventually, you know, like... Yeah. You're not thinking, but I, I love the passion there from Lewis Phillips about, you know, the, the result of that. And, he, and the one thing I like about people like that, Nick, is when they give their opinion... They have an honest reason yeah. and some facts behind what he's trying. He wasn't just whinging about it. He was going, this is why I think it should have been wrong. So, Lewis Phillips yeah. was a great guest. But my question, Darkside, what's the better mm-hmm. accent, the Australian or the English accent <laughs> on the <Ooh>. spot? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll take this from if I had to choose one for myself, it'd be Australian. Yeah, okay. buddy. We'll take that because <laughs> yeah. you're about this show is about to be done if you said English. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what I like, like I asked the question, I think before Lewis came on, I think I asked was, was that a standard GP penalty? Because I am almost positive that during that race, Paul Malin was saying, it sounds like it's going to be a 10 spot, Mm -hmm. a 10 position penalty. Somebody on YouTube or Twitter or something said there was, they never talked about it, but I'm almost positive they did. So I, I was wondering where the info was coming from. And then, Lewis kind of gave the the what the typical is, you know, all, how, however many positions he gained plus one. Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of interested in where that came, where his, you know, what his knowledge of what it actually was. Yep. Compared to what they were saying on TV. That's for sure. Okay. Hey, Trent Guts Racing. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson, Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael, and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Cowboys and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for information of many products offered as such as the Phantom White Seat Foam. Alrighty, guys, another one as well, Trent T-Dags. He's another one of my favorite co-hosts. And, dude, some of the stories he comes out with going through the audio, uh, it was hard to find something good, but uh, I'm pretty sure we've got some audio clips here. No, no. The, the more of the issue was they changed regulations for some airlines for flying cargo back, so... Okay. Um, my ISDE bike got stu- is stuck there for now. <laughs> oh, really? Still stuck there? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I had to get it from whoever was from Cade Walker's team was holding it mm-hmm. while we were trying to get it shipped over because we were going to roll the bikes right under the plane. Yep. And then they were going to fly over the way they came. Yep. But that got shut down. So they needed to be put into a crate and the people are calling me say, you have to crate the bike. So I said, well, I'm home. The bikes are there. Yeah. They didn't came, they didn't come in crates. So how am I supposed to crate them while yeah. I'm here? Yeah. And there's no crate there to put them in. So <laughs> I, I waited until I got to the nations and then I drove, I drove, uh, I don't know how many, it was like two, two, two hours yeah. to go to where the, that bike was, pick it up, drive it in the middle of the night. <laughs> Um, but it had lights, so I drove it down the street to another <laughs> shop and this is amazing. Awesome. Parked it there, and then the team is going to um, the team is going to like crate it up and send it back with my donations bike. Tyler Badaglia's stories, Dark Side, talking about crating the bike up, the the mission it was, riding it with headlight on down the street at nighttime. That just sounds um, awesome. I mean, not only that, I mean, there's plenty to go through with Tyler Badaglia here. Him as a guest, too. 
I really like T-Dags when he comes on. Um, he has a great history with the show. Being Canadian as well with Steve, Steve has a real soft spot for T-Dags. Like, I, I just love when he comes on because that conversation went in about five different directions and had five yeah, different topics yeah. going on. I mean, it was to talk about Des Nations, but I think they spoke about that for like, you know, probably that that bit of audio there. And then there was all the other stuff that was going on, his injury before he went to Des Nations where he was not supposed to ride the bike. And then he's... Yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, you're going to get some really good content when Steve says, you don't have to answer this. Yeah, <laughs> that too. That too. And then, I mean, and then the story too, Dark Side about him, you know, the vaccine, being vaccinated, going over there and all the laws and regulations, all that sort of stuff. He was unvaxxed. He went in and out twice because he went for six days and come back and then went again and came back. All they could put it down to was the Canadian laws being different, which... I'm not too sold on that. Um, <laughs> I don't, yeah, me either. Yeah, but that was the the conclusion of it all. But, dude, Tyler Medaglia on the show, his stories are epic. If you haven't listened to Show 479, you have to go and listen, especially to this Tyler Medaglia bit because there is so much he talked about that for us to snip it into two or three minutes of audio, we'd be sitting here all night because you need to yeah, listen yeah. to the whole whole thing. But what about you? You have a bit of a relationship with T-Dags as well. You've had him on your show multiple times, but is it different when he comes on to Pulp? Like, do you feel like Steve opens him up a little bit more and has that more relationship with him that he talks about some really out there stuff yeah definitely Steve's really good with right with with that with almost any guest because he does seem to have a longer history with most of these guys Um, but with T-Dags for sure just correct Steve and I'm gonna correct you guys because you probably don't know but Steve should know it's Tyler Medallia the G is silent okay okay so Steve Steve (laughs) does not show Steve is not showing T-Dags his proper respect. That's on you, Steve. You know how to say it. Tyler <laughs> Medallia has great stories. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He's a big Pulp fan, so yeah. that makes it easier too, right? Because yeah. he knows the show, um, and he knows what's good content. He's really a good guest. Uh, the stories, like I, I didn't care that much about hearing how the race went for him. Yep. We know how it went. Yep. I wanted the stories. I wanted the behind-the-scenes stuff. So, yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Um, and yeah, we never got to the bottom of why he didn't really have to follow the same rules as everybody else. And you're right hmm. that coming from Canada versus coming from the U S doesn't make any sense. Nah. I don't think that's right. So I don't know how he got away with it. It's really interesting. I'd love to know, but yeah, great content from him. A question I got for the both of you as well is okay. You're in that position. You know, you got motorcycles over there. They're going to be crated up when they didn't come over there crated. Is there a time just like Kiefer says, where you just go, screw it and you just sell the motorcycle dark side would you fly over there and sort out or would you just sell the bike straight up man i think if it was me i think that's a one once in a lifetime almost experience so fuck that i'm creating that bike up yeah. i figured it out yeah but true. if i'm a guy like t-dags that's done these some of these things so many times maybe i do say yeah fuck it well but, i mean at the end of the day it's probably not his black either too guys. True. so you can't just go right, and right. sell a bike overseas but <laughs> i mean he probably could have made a call and said hey can we do this blah, 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 whatever but yeah i think there would be some also vin number and i don't even want to get too technical but i, I reckon there'd be some other things that have to jump through to make i, I love this thing to steve talk, i don't know because steve sort of has you know a bit of inside knowledge on this team canada and stuff like that and when he's talking about previous his years like yeah boys make sure you bring your bars yeah. like it's a loose <laughs> program i would love yeah. you know for steve and t-dags to sit down and you know just you know probably do a podcast together and go through some of these stories because dude there would be oh, some and, and goldie oh yeah. dude goldie. there would be some yeah. funny content that comes out yeah no. oh a hundred percent yeah they the, the all the canada stuff is great man when you get those 
can, the Canadian guys, whether it be new for or T Dags, yeah, yeah, or even when um, like Courtney Lloyd comes on, you know, just yeah, the, the Canadian stories are fantastic. That's it. Well, moving on to the next part of the show that we wanted to talk about, and uh, this kind of happened early on. We we skipped it over, but Hal uh, rings in early. <laughs> you kind of blow up because he doesn't ask you uh, a question. He asked the boys a question first before he come to you. But when he came to you, he hit you with this, and this was your response. All right. Hey. So this this is a, this is a question for you, Jamie. This this may be the make That's or break. Right. Who who is your twenty twenty two prediction? Supercross champion, big big boy class, 450 class. Give it to me. <clears throat> I'm going with Dylan right now. I think oh, Dylan. I, I think Dylan. You're dead to me, Dean Wilson. You're dead to me. 16th. Yeah, no. not podium. Yeah. No, not I think podium. I think Something Dylan's going to surprise everybody. I think um, he's going to go from never winning a Supercross. Yep, to champion. Champion. Right. Yep. I, I'm on the Dylan Ferrandis bandwagon right, right now. Right. Jumping on it. Right. Jumping on it early. Yeah. His, uh, we you talk- know what you should do. You put him in the, the Racer X preview shows. We, we just. I mean, Remember we just talked about crash and burning? How far off? I mean, like, happened, Daniel yeah. Blair yeah. stamped Chase Sexton a couple years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, so, well, I mean, but, but Blair is the king of making dumb yeah. statements. He Did really you hear is. that? That's the sound of uh, Darkseid hitting false neutral over a step <laughs> yeah, on, step yeah, off. Yeah. Oh. Uh, thanks, Hal. Thanks, buddy. Hope you're well. See you, boys. See you. <laughs> All right, Darkseid. I've got to ask the question straight up. Were you jet lagged? Were you high? <laughs> where does uh, where does the uh, the knowledge come from? This that uh, Dylan Francis is going to be your guy. Well, okay, so I might not be quite as solid on Dylan as I as, as I pretended to be, but <laughs> I expect him to be very much in contention. Listen, yeah. I don't think I d- I think winning the Supercross Championships is very difficult. So and and going back to back almost impossible i know it's happened in the past but the field's very different now so i don't think cooper repeats i don't think he goes back to back i don't think kenny has physically shown us that he can do it every race Mm. uh so the other contenders are eli eli's gonna be on a new bike i don't know how comfortable he's gonna be i don't expect him to be at the same level Mm. so i'm looking at all these things going well why not dylan then right dylan's getting better and better and better the guy works harder than almost anybody. Yeah. Um, and when he puts his mind to it, you see what he does, what he what he can do. Mm-hmm. Or this year in Supercross, he was figuring out the 450. He's got it figured out now. Yeah. So I I don't see you know I wasn't considering Zach because I wasn't sure he was coming back. Yeah. Um, AC, I still don't have faith in because of what we've seen out of him through history. <laughs> easy, mate. Easy, easy. Calm down. <laughs> no, I would love, yeah. love to see AC do it, but I don't have faith in him yet. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was going with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's in. Yeah. How still I say fuck you for not. You know, <laughs> Dude, that, that, not, not going to me when you when you went to uh, Kiefer and Steve in the beginning. That audio was some of the funniest <laughs> I'd heard. But one yeah. one thing I'll take from that as well is I would take that as an open invitation to uh, getting on the preview show. Yeah. I, I think you're in. I think you're in with a shot. <laughs> I think I'm out with that stuff. <laughs> you might be, hey, you might be different to them picking Eli Tomac every year, though. So you you may have right. a shot. <laughs> He's gonna yeah, do it again. I, I like I like. I think it was Kiefer that's like, hey, if it happens though, you look like a genius. Somebody said that. That's yeah, right. dude, that, that's definitely. What I'm with yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> you've all heard about the Michelin motorcycle tires from the Popper Mech Show, and now we want to tell you about the Michelin bicycle tires in 1891. Nick, geez, that's a long Ooh. time ago. Michelin presented the first detached B pneumatic bicycle tire and to this day Michelin continues to innovate and produce world class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes if you'd like to run the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Camzink 
and 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit black.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. Talking about Dylan Ferrandis and uh, the hot take there, another weird thing, another mystery from the show I'll tend to is Blake Baggett. I don't know if you saw this, but so uh, Blake Baggett, number four. <laughs> Did you guys hear about this? Yes. Numerous... Was it? Is it any publicly? Was it any mentioned? No, anywhere? I think you mentioned it in a tweet or something. I don't know what you're about to say. So the AMA said numerous attempts to contact Blake Baggett were unsuccessful. Oh yeah. So they do not know if he wanted to race or keep his number because Chad's keeping his number, Justin Hill's keeping his number. You're allowed to do that if you don't have any points. Right. And Blake, they couldn't contact Blake, and he gave up number four. Right. I love it, JT. It's never changed. I know, this has been a this has been a highlight for you. I love it. It's such a Blake Baggett thing. Never changed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, never change. It's great, right? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of shrug my shoulders at it. Like, if he's done, I don't think he cares. But yeah, I, I know you, you've really gotten kicked out of just, this. I just, I just think it's hilarious. Like, you know, it's typical. So our, our buddy Vaj, he works at a construction site. He sees him all the time. Oh yeah, because he works yeah. on the steel company for right. his dad, and they don't even talk dirt bikes when they talk. Here's my point though about Blake. Okay, look, he's free to do whatever he wants, right? He, he quit. It's, it's good. But when you're a top rider and you're asking people to buy your Chupacabra merch and, you know, your social media is out there, not that Blake posted a lot. Don't you like, okay, like there's a percent of fans and I've, I've said this argument before. There's a percent of fans, whatever number you want to put on it. That were Blake Baggett fans. Mm-hmm. They liked him. They yep. they thought he was odd. He won or awesome. They won. He won uh, Phoenix. You know, he won many outdoors. And like, you have fans, Blake. Right. People who bought your merch. Right. People who followed your career. People who lived and died with your results on the weekend. Don't you owe yes. your fans? No, you don't owe them money. You don't owe them. Don't you owe them a post? So that bit of audio has two parts to it, and yep. we want to touch on both. Obviously, the fact that the AMA tried to contact him, like that typical Blake Baggett at this point, he just disappeared off the face of the planet um i didn't i didn't know that piece of information before listening to the show you know that's uh that's full on yeah that's the stuff we get from pulp uh so the (laughs) the number four the number four is up for grabs again so who i mean the question is who would you think would take it nobody's taking it this year by the sounds of it sounds like jet staying with 18 and and ferrandis is staying 14 so no one's picking it that can but who would you see in the future that would look at potentially enough because that AC. That has a heavy, heavy background at number four. AC. AC would go from nine to four. Yep. It's an odd odd mm. move there, Nick. That's a hot take. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I think it'd be somebody like maybe if Austin wins a championship. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What about the ne- the second? Did you just po- laugh at that, Nick? Yeah, no, he did. You just laugh at that. No, I didn't. <laughs> he, he laughed. He laughed. The, se- <laughs> the second part of that is obviously: Do you guys agree with what Steve just said there? With does Blake Baggett owe his fans at least, at minimum, a post? Nick, what do you think? Absolutely. That's um. I look at it as well. You know, I look at it with one of my favorite writers. If if one of my favorites right now did pretty much followed what Blake's done, and you know, we didn't get anything. I'd, uh, yeah, dude, he, I think he definitely has to just put up, even if he just, you know, we heard about this with JS7 when he disappeared, like, you know, Steve was begging, just put a post up, just put absolutely anything up. Um, you know, listening to that audio and 
it, it sounds like Blake ain't coming back. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully we hear something, but I definitely think he owes it to his fans. And, you know, there are people out there that are, that are diehard Blake Baggett fans. So, mm. most definitely, I, I, I agree with Steve 100%. And I'm pretty sure you agreed in Studio Darkside with what Steve had to say. Like, I mean, at minimum, he owes just a post saying, look, I'm done. If he is done, I mean, the other thing is he could be not done, but if you're not done, you're going to answer the phone to AMA and say, keep my number. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think I, I don't agree with the term owes. Like he's, yeah. he, I, 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 that's what I said Monday or Tuesday night. He mm-hmm. doesn't owe us anything, but it's the right thing to do that's as right. a professional athlete. Um, but, you know, like I, they, they talked about this a couple of years ago with JS7, right? Yeah. Doesn't he owe the fans a goodbye? And no, he doesn't, but it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel there's... I mean, it's hard to say, but there is a little bit of a difference between Stuart and Baggett. Like, I think Stuart had that aura where he could go and disappear and people would still be... Exactly. You know, still diehard James Stewart fans, even though he did say anything. Where I think Baggett didn't have that following where he can just disappear and people will still go, oh, Blake Baggett, you know, like if he ever was to return back to track, everyone would be, you know, swarming around. Like when James came back, everyone was trying to... See James. I don't think Blake has that, um, you know, that following or that the reputation. Aura, yeah. 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 So I think it's a little different, but yeah, you're right, Ducks. He doesn't owe, but as a professional athlete who, as as Steve said, may not made, but had people buying his merch, you know, earning him money in a sense to just disappear and not just say, "Hey, I'm done." Whatever. I know the surroundings of what happened with the team and everything like that. That is could have soured it a little bit but once that's all been cleared up you just say hey i'm done this is it goodbye um it it, it just be the right thing to do as a professional athlete so yeah and the the little bit that i know blake and i think they touched on this tuesday night yeah he doesn't he doesn't care though no he doesn't care if you think he owes anything uh he doesn't care if people bought that merch that's my opinion i don't know that for a fact that's what i believe yeah uh, he wanted to race his dirt bike, and that's really all he wanted to do. Yeah, it's that's just not that's not part of his personality. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Another piece of audio we have here is from another guest that come on Connor Fields, Trent. Yeah, um, I love listening to Connor Fields, and you know this the information we're about to listen to is what I wanted to hear. This is something that we sort of got deprived of, yep. so we'll go to the audio and then we'll break it up. We all saw your crash uh, on the Olympics, uh, a gnarly one, a good one. Um, how are we doing? Are, are we 100% yet, or are we still feeling it? No, we're still feeling it. Yeah. Um, Jeez. It's definitely improved. Yep. Uh, Pull your mic a little closer if you can. I Thank you. I feel closer to normal. Okay. Um, you know, in the beginning, it, it wasn't good at all. We yep. can get into that. But uh, the biggest thing I struggle with right now is just like energy levels. Yep. So the best way I would describe it is imagine if you start your day with your phone at 50% battery, and then you just have to be smart and strategic about what you use that battery for, because at some point you just go flat. Yep. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. But um, other than that, I feel pretty much back to normal in terms of like communicating yeah. and being so you weren't you weren't even like at the first you, were you troubling having trouble communicating and walking and anything like that like was it a tough go do you want to get into it yes yeah okay so what do you want to know do you want to know Let's, from from the do you remember anything i have five days missing wow did they did did they induce in a coma no okay so um i want to start okay from if you remember yep do you remember the crash? No. But okay. I'll, I'll, I just so where start it, from when you where remember. It stops. So the morning of the finals day, I remember 
what I had for breakfast. I remember going out to the track. I remember practice, warm up felt good. And then I remember we were on a rain delay. And I remember asking um, the director of Team USA, you know, what's the go with the rain delay? What's going on? And he said, unless there's lightning, we're going. Um, and then like 10 minutes later, I remember him saying, hey, there was a lightning strike within five miles. So we have to wait uh, however long right. before we go again. And then after that, Nothing. Nothing. Wow. So I don't remember the first couple of races that I did. You won. You won the second one. Yeah, it was going good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Having Connor in studio, I really, really like how he always sort of pops in. He's in Vegas. He lives in Vegas, uh, and he comes into the studio. And I think this conversation needed to happen in yeah. studio because yeah. I think we got a lot more out of Connor than if it was on the phone. Um, I mean, dude, that's a massive accident. Not not great to watch on TV if we're all being particularly honest, which you guys touch on in there. But Darkside, for you, with him coming in studio, you said he didn't seem that much different. Like, he, he looked like the same Connor that you've met before. Um, but he did seem like he was a little bit slower and he he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the, the quick-witted kind of feels that we've heard before. I think that's where you could definitely tell, but he did look like he was uh, back to normal. Yeah, I I felt just like it, he his thought process to answer a question. Yeah. Like it maybe took a little longer for him to put it all together and for the motor skills, right? The, yeah. But dude, I was so excited when Steve said he was coming in studio because I knew he was going to be on, but I thought it was just call in. Yeah. And man, just I don't know him really well, but I've met him. I, I, you know, the crash was scary. Yeah. And to see him and know that, dude, he really is okay for the most part, 99%. Yeah. Just ma- it made it made my night, him being there. Mm-hmm. Nick, I mean, he came in, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, which I watched this one on YouTube this week, Dark. So I'm normally an audio guy, but I had the time to sit and watch uh, YouTube. And, uh, he just sort of comes in the studio, brings Steve a coffee, which probably really a Starbucks would really, would have helped the situation. Yeah. Um, but he sat there for a bit before he even got introduced to the show. Uh, Nick, what did you feel about um, Connor Fields and his interview? Yeah, look, I, I agree. We uh, I think we all needed that as well. Yeah. You know, the whole pulp, pulp nation as well, you know, sort of follow this a lot. I remember uh, the day it actually happened, me and Dark started just finished recording a wrap-up show when he won his first heat. Yep. And Dark was like, all right, I got to go. I got to watch the final. And then literally Dark Side messaged me later on that evening and told me that ha- what happened and the, the, the circumstances. And, dude, I think we all watched it. We all sort of sat on social media and knew it wasn't going to be good. Yeah. And then five days went past. We never really heard much at all. So I agree. You know, this is this is what we needed. And it was cool, you know, to uh, – it's, you know, it's a different sport. Yeah. It's uh, But it's still – I don't know, it's a different sport, but it still feels the same. Yeah, it's very similar. I, the thing I liked about it, Dark Side, was a couple of different things. The doctors that the um, USA take to an Olympics, yeah. like he had the best doctor he possibly could have. I mean, he's in one country that's very technically advanced, so he probably was going to be okay anyway, but he, they had their own doctor, which kind of really would have benefited his recovery and those first critical 24 hours that they would have been. Uh, and just also like his mindset when he came back and him really working hard with his physios and, and everything like that, sort of them saying, hey, don't make any rash decisions right now. Take your time. Let this thing heal, then make a decision on... No sports cars. Yeah, don't buy a sports car. <laughs> um, don't get married. Yeah, I mean, it was it was cool that 
he sort of broke that all down too. Not just like how he felt. He's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm on the man. Like he broke down what he's been struggling with, what he's, what he, you know, what he's been working with with his therapist and everything like that. Like Connor Fields really gives us good insight when he comes on the show, and and as he has previous with you know the the Christian Craig stuff when he helped out with Christian Craig and all the stuff he does, and and he was a real good asset into the show. I felt like, to be honest, there was a period where before he showed up. You know the 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 vibe of the show Transition, sort of went down, yeah. And then when Connor came in, it felt like it ramped back up again, and Connor brought like a new level and I think excitement because again, you guys probably hadn't seen him since the crash, so kind of was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, he's in studio, we're, we're physically seeing him. Um, he was a great, um, you know, guest on the show, and to be in studio, I felt like it added to this, this, this one, this week's show, and. When he kept saying, I've got an excuse to forget because I hit my head that hard. Like, he, he, the he was, fact he turns around and uses it as a joke. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Like, yeah. that dude's got a seriously good sense of humor. And I don't know. I can sort of see him taking that joke and sort of carrying it on to future pulp when he comes on, stuff like yeah. that. It'll be something we commonly hear, which is cool because yeah. we, we got to see where it actually organically grown to what it is. Yeah, for sure. The one thing before we move on. I want to sort of talk about Chris Kiefer. We didn't talk about him as the other co-host. We left it a little bit later. We talked about you, Darkseid, and, and your job. Nick, what did you think about Chris Kiefer being in studio and him being, you know, the, the quote-unquote regular co-host? Yeah, it's, it's you know, I don't think you're going to get a bad pulp show with Kiefer. Mm. Um, he seemed a little bit odd to me. Yes. Just, uh, I don't know if it was quiet, if it was just... Yeah, just something seemed a little bit different than the u- usual Kiefer. Yeah. But still, like, regardless, some of this audio we've got coming up at the end is your usual typical Kiefer. And then there's another one at the very end with a story, which we go back to Vietnam Vic as well. Yeah. Which is awesome as well. But yeah, I don't know. He just was... I don't see saying odd. I think it was just a little bit different. I don't know. Might have been tired. Might have been something like that. But just not the usual the usual Keith we usually get. Well, Darkside, you said he had something on like he wanted it to be a short show. And I think if you go into Pulp with that mindset, you're kind of trying to hurry it up a little bit. And I now that you've told me that, that was the vibe I was getting. Like he wanted to be there, but he kind of wanted it to be done because he had things to do. Like he had somewhere to be. Like did, did, did that come across to you a little bit? Or are we just sort of reading into what? the body language on YouTube. Well, I, I think he was tired. Probably mm. he's, he, you know, we all know how much he works, right? Yeah. He rides and does emails. And he's, and he had to get back to Cali, uh, to test. And then him and Heather were like, I don't remember or where he said he was testing. Um, but he had to go back to Cali, go to the track in the morning, then come back home and go back to wherever the same town the tracks in for a concert the next night with Jeez. Heather. And he, the guy just never stops. Yeah. Um, but then he also kind of mentioned like, hey, I don't – maybe he hasn't been coming in as much because he doesn't want to take away from the other co-host. So yeah. I think he was trying to let me have a little time and, and yeah. just kind of not be the main focus either, I think. But more than anything, I think the guy just probably doesn't get a lot of t- sleep. Yeah, he just was beat, that's for sure. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Chris Keeper guy, but it definitely sort of – for me, I was like, yeah, this – you know – when we get to the end here, we talk about the Vietnam Vic story. Like that's the key for you expect every show. Yeah. But I guess at the same time, you got to have your off ones, you know. And and this one for him, he was true. Kind of off a little, maybe trying to give you some limelight. Probably a, a list of different things, but he still has given us some quality. And there is some stuff coming up later in the show where he is uh, for yeah, sure does absolutely not, does not hold back. Hey Trent, <laughs> we often hear on pulp all the time. Mm. Blue Crew, Yamaha. It's uh, it's 479 where we actually start talking about, we get to a little bit of audio as well, of how much Blue Crew 
and Yamaha actually do for Pulp Mex and, you know, the Pulp Nation. $39,421 was raised for the Waverley Foundation trend. Yeah, yeah. That, that is that- absolutely incredible. And the amount that Yamaha does for Steve and does for Pulp is, is simply incredible. Well, I mean, it, it goes both ways. What Steve can do with the reach he has with the Pulp Empire, like that is a massive figure that's going to help, you know, rebuild that community. But then the other thing is Yamaha stepping up and, you know, donating these bikes for, you know, auction or yep. whatever it is. Fantasy. Fantasy. And, yep. Generators. The, yeah. yeah. The whole lot. So here's a little bit of audio of them guys talking about just what Blue Crew do for the show. The guys at Yamaha, I mean, dude. They're just giving shit away. Dude, the marketing crew down there, whether it's this Waverly thing, whether it's the privateer thing, they support artists and fantasy. I just picked up my 2022 YZ450, and it is amazing. I mean, the bike is just... Stock suspension's really pretty good? Dude. Oh. It's not bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fuck off, okay? <laughs> like, we'll get into that. Okay. But, yeah. It really is impressive what Yamaha has done since they've come on board with you over the last few years. I mean, between fantasy and anytime there's a anything that needs to be a, an auction of any kind, yeah. they just put up yeah. so much, and that, that's a lot. For I mean, it's probably nothing for them really, but they don't have to do that and to give bikes away to people that can twenty five bucks you might want to buy yeah. is unreal. Yeah, and they give away generators. We've done generators as well for the privateer thing. Like, yeah, the, the guys they're they're great, man. Yeah. So thank you to Yamaha for doing this. So yeah, Yamaha, Blue Crew, what they do, you know, the, they just talk about it there and you even bring it up, Dark Side. You say like the amount of stuff that they give to the Pulp Network to, to be able to give to the listeners and the viewers of the Pulp Show. Like it is amazing what Blue Crew do and, and their involvement with the Pulp Show. And again, giving a bike to raffle off to raise those sorts of funds, it, it cannot be understated, uh, the reach and that Pulp has and obviously Blue Crew and their involvement and in what Steve does. It's It, it definitely makes a show for us. Like, what are your thoughts on... You've already said it, but looking back yeah. on Yamaha, like, they do a lot. Yeah, I, I'm sure giving a bike or two or three bikes away, not that big of a deal to a factory or a huge company like Yamaha, right? Yeah. But they're not going to do that just for no reason. They do that because... Steve and Pulpomex, as far as Moto goes, moves product. Yeah, it, it is. Steve doesn't even, I don't think, really realize. He he actually talked about that again on the on the way to the mountain bike ride. Like how much of an impact he really has is still very surprising to him. He doesn't always. He's not able to always see realize how much it, of an impact it has. Yeah, these these companies like Fly Racing, Michelin, Guts, W Wheels, who all the sponsors of Pulp. They'd help out because the listeners spend their money on these products yep. and they see the most feedback through the sponsorship of Pulp Mex. That advertising, their advertising dollars do more through Pulp than anybody else. Yep. And I think that's why Yamaha is able to do that because Pulp Mex moves the fucking needle. Yeah, for sure. For- but it's rad. I mean, it's it's rad that any company would do that. They don't have to do that. That's n- I'm sure that's not part of the contract yep. to give a bike away for Waverly. Yeah. It's probably part of the contract to do the, pol- the fantasy stuff. But they did the 125 probably just because they're a cool-ass company and because they believe in what Steve does. Yeah, for sure. One thing you sort of said on the show as well, Dark Side, was how much Pulp Nation comes together when we need to do stuff like this, whether it's way even though they're it, assholes sometimes. It, exactly. <laughs> I was gonna get to that. Before it started off as a as a compliment and then ended in a you're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> so I don't know actually how you did that in one sentence, but congratulations. I enjoyed it. Well, it's 
we all know how keyboard warriors are, right? Yeah. We see yeah. it. We see the people on YouTube. We see the people on Vital. These people are talking shit. They're talking about Steve's weight or they're talking about me being you know, shitty or whatever. But you're fucking listening if you know this stuff. <laughs> so you're, you're just being an asshole by being an asshole. You don't have to talk shit. If you don't like something, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but at the same time, these people get involved and they spend their money on Waverly or on the privateer fund or whatever, yeah. or buying fly racing or buying W wheels or whatever. So Pulp Nation always comes together when there's somebody in need. Brian Moreau, whatever Steve yeah. brings up as far as, hey, this person, we need to raise some money for this. They come together like champs. Yeah. But there's still a bunch of assholes. For sure. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dust, dirt, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as innovative products for your side-by-side seal savers is the original and ultimate when it comes to protection use promo code pulp 25 to save 25 percent off at sealsavers.com i do want to give a shout out to mason mill the owner of of uh seal savers calling in with a great um my mind just blanked uh, the um god damn what's that topic jt's or... favorite <laughs> jt's favorite topics yeah <laughs> What is that called? The hot, t- the hot takes? No. No. Future headlines, Future guys. headlines. Future <laughs> headlines. Holy shit. Bring it together, that boys. Great. That was a good one. Yeah, he did. He did a great job on Future Headlines. Jesse needs to ask more. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. There wasn't enough for Steve's liking there. He needed more. Yeah, yeah. More uh, Future Headlines. But yes, uh, Mason's from Seal Savers. Um, yeah, he's pulp code Man, 25. I, I mind blanked on that. Yeah. Anyway. You, you did. Good job, Mason. Thank you. Uh, Race Tech Rant. You are a big fan of Race Tech Rant. Dark side you talk about this every time on the wrap-up show it's your favorite segment the yes. race the race tech rant started off with the banners around the track and not being able to come in that's where it started and then halfway through this happens what do you what? want to tell you your new your new race tech rant are you fucking serious <laughs> hold on <laughs> yeah we gotta do it again. what do we got what happened my race tech round of the night is we got to do the fucking drawing again. <laughs> why? I don't know why. What the fuck's wrong with Dave Steele? What happened? Uh, Dave? I, what if I, you're David Steele? I'm sorry, David Steele. That was for the uh, the Yamaha Privateer raffle. I didn't filter by the... Uh, Whoa. <laughs> Dude. Hey, hey, wait a minute. This is Pulp. That was a big one. Did David Steele buy a ticket for the 125? Uh, that I don't know. Fuck God, I hope he I, didn't. I think, I think he should be... Fuck if he did, I think he should get it. That was it's not his fault. You're fucking kidding me. So they're all in one pool. I don't right? even know what to say. They're all in one big pool, and I didn't Listen, yeah, I didn't yeah. Listen yeah. he hasn't had a big one in a... I don't even remember last but time. But what do you do now if you're David Steele? Sorry, I think, sorry, I think David. if David Steele bought the uh, ticket, he fucking... Hold on, hold on. You can't do that to him? Wow. He is human. Travis Marks is or- human. <laughs> Poor David. Oh, dude. Imagine if you are David Steele and you hear your name called out and you're like, I didn't even answer. How good is this? <laughs> Quote of the night is what the fuck is wrong with, what is with David Steele. That is hilarious. Fun- hey, funny about that. He he messaged me today. or Maybe it was yesterday, but I think it was today Yeah. Um, on Instagram. And he said, yeah, such a letdown. I was so stoked. So now I'm wondering, did he really enter? And maybe Mark's... I don't know, but I feel bad for the guy. He laughed it off, but yeah, he he reached out. So man, sorry, David. Sorry that Mark screwed you. But that was that is also 
one part of pulp that we like the on the fly completely like they have this slack channel that goes between them that they've talked about and you've talked about on here before that they communicate and he's midway through his rant next minute he goes what what like obviously he's just being given word that it's yeah. been a monumental fuck up here and uh, he's like well my new race tech rant is and then goes on that tangent I like, just love how Mark is laughing while saying yeah. it <laughs> like it's just fucking gone haywire yeah that's pretty funny but that I mean Mark's it's is, typical Mark's is human things happen um, but yeah they had to redraw the 125 um, and you know Poor David Steele. That's all we got to say for this segment. Yeah. Poor David Steele yeah. for missing out on winning that bike. I did like, though, when the caller, the, the, the new winner uh, called in and he was absolutely ecstatic. Yeah, that's cool. And owned a 21YZ125 <laughs> and was getting a 22. I thought that, I mean, how do you pick it? How do you pick it? You can't even write that stuff. And then the, no. other, the other part of it, Dark Side was too, he bought a ticket. On the Tuesday. <laughs> How many times has that happened, Dark Side? A lot. <laughs> Almost every time, I think. I'm going to start doing every it. every time. Even though I can't win the prize because I'm in Australia, but I can give you the bike. Yeah. I like that idea. Well, I think Kiefer did it in the ad break. He was going to go in the ad break and buy one. And it did, did. did always work. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a very uh, common occurrence that a ticket bought on the day of the draw typically wins. So, yep. Marx's machine. When he has it right, <laughs> he picks it. When he does it right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But uh, no, it was very cool to, to get that. And as you said, that, that ties into the Yamaha and, and what they've done for for that. The Racetech rant always delivers, I feel like. We've had some soft ones lately, Dark Side, And that one was starting off as one of those, we've heard it before, rants. But then when that yeah. happened, it definitely turned the Racetech rant. Well, the original Racetech... It was almost like it was planned, right? I mean, perfect timing. Perfect. Oh, couldn't have worked any better. But the original Racetech rant about the banners, do you guys agree with that? What's 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 your solution with that? Yeah, I think what they talked about was, was true. You need to sort of break them up a little bit more. Like it look, aesthetically looks very, very good. But when you do go off the track and you are looking to re-enter and there's nowhere to enter except for, you know way down the track and then you get penalized because you had to ride along the side of the track to get to where you could get back in that's a that makes it a very gray area if they had him split every so often had a gap so you can jump back on i think that's the correct way of doing it but again these sponsors are paying premium money to have premium signage at these yeah. tracks it's the balance that these guys have got to juggle to to make it work but I do think there needs to be more breaks in it and even if it's just a bike width like it doesn't yeah. have to be a full banner it just like has a de- to be a, yeah. a designated area I just like how he managed to put nets into it he had nothing to do with it but we still got nets <laughs> we still got nets we got a, we got a, we got the nets yeah. reference he's we, gonna live off that yeah he's oh. never gonna let that one go we got a Timmy reference we always get a Timmy reference especially when we're talking about Des Nations some across <laughs> yeah all the time we get our references in and that's what makes Pulp is the, the, the runners as you like to call them dark side that continue yeah. throughout not only the show but also the, uh, the the whole of the empire through every every show well one of the, one of my favourite things about the show towards the end you know when it just starts falling to pieces you start getting bits of uh, bits of audio that just it, it turns to be some of the funniest stuff and then we got a statement coming out saying about uh, butthole trimming and this is the audio we got from that <laughs> Steve, whose butthole trimming method sounded more legit, Kiefer or RV? How, how did he even know this? How did he know that question? How did he know that we were talking about I don't that? know. I'm just trying to think about that. 
Did you say something? He's giving out secrets. No. How the fuck would he know that we talked about that? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't say that's any- in my notes to talk about butthole hair trimming with RV. <laughs> We're going. This would be a long <laughs> okay. show. I'm going to add that to the list of things I never thought I'd hear. <laughs> Dude, deep conversation at Paris. Yeah, like deep. I'm sitting there, and at some point, he's like, "Hey, like you buried in your phone, like because I was on my phone, you know." And I'm just like, cause "I don't want to fucking hear about you and RV and your butthole trimming techniques for 20 minutes." Like I'm bi- like, Nick, like, I don't care. Nick like, Trent, that's I gotta uh, go. Audio, pull that. Well, we pulled a dark side. <laughs> we had to go to that one, get the butthole trimming. But it was uh, that was definitely a funny piece. Could I just say, listening to this with my headset now in the studio, I didn't hear Mark's laughing <laughs> live. <laughs> but yeah. listening back to that, you can hear people in the background laughing, and that just adds to whatever the hell they are just listening to. Yeah. And and Kiefer's face too, where he's looking at Steve like, how would he how would Moser know this? That's all he was worried about. Is yeah. How does Moser know this? Like this is something we spoke about. How would he know? And that out of all that, that's what you're worried about. Yeah, I I do <laughs> I do like it though, Dark Side, where they started talking about uh, techniques and you know shaving this and bicking that and it's typical it's, finish it off with the bit yeah it's typical Kiefer in his unfiltered way of talking I would have loved though if there was some audio with him and RV doing because you could imagine RV the way that R- Ryan Villapoto is he would have been the best at shaving his butthole <laughs> oh yeah yeah the fa- the, the, yeah the, definitely the best retired butthole shaver <laughs> I, I think we need a new segment that is like where somebody gets to pick a random group text from the week and yeah. read a couple lines every week. Because I don't know how many group texts Steve are in, but I would like to see most of them. Yeah. Well, are you are you in any of the group texts with Steve, JT, or any of them boys? I or? mean, every once in a while, me, Steve, and Kiefer, or me, will be in one or whatever. It's but it's not like a daily thing by any means. Not not in the cool. I'd kids like group. to be a yeah. fly on the uh, fly on the wall. Like that much. Yeah. Fly on the wall for just a couple of those group combos. I oh, do. Yeah. It would be some of the funniest content. But what about you? Have you got any uh, techniques that <laughs> you should have shared? And we've got to sort of get it out of you now. What's your what's your techniques? Man, just you just gotta bend over and get in there with that. With that uh, I was yeah. gonna, I was gonna ask if you were Jumanji or it was uh, nah. Manscaped. No, look at him; he's a clean shaven guy. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. I just like how he's just like, yeah, you know, I did, you know, just in case. Yeah. And Keith is like, yep, Vegas. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, they caught us, Vegas baby. Caught us swiping right in Vegas. <laughs> I was like, as I said, the back end of this show, I felt like it really loosened up a little bit more. I think obviously the end was in sight and everyone just started throwing. And I think when you get into, you know, uh, the tweets at Talon, you get into um, the rapid fire X brand Google tear off segment. Like uh, when you get into that, I feel like it loosens up a little bit and, and you get those uh, random questions and then off topic conversations start forming. Cause as we all know, well, we don't know Moser, but <laughs> You know, if we did know, his questions always seem to be a little bit out there when he asks his questions, and it opens up opens up a can of worms that we always love to hear. So, um, definitely the butthole trimming thing, we had to bring that up, especially when he told us to clip it. So, you know, I was, dude, I was getting yeah. it regardless. That yeah. was too golden. Just you can just imagine, you'd be a fly on the wall when Kiefer and RV are sitting there at Glen Helen 
talking about shaving their buttholes. Yeah. And you can just imagine Steve's <laughs> facial expression. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Dude, think about just like a random, the guy pitted next to him. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> they get there in the morning and they're like, oh my God. I'm right next to Ryan Villapoto. <laughs> and then he's talking about shaving his butthole. <laughs> Finishing uh, it off with a big. That'd be that'd be pretty funny. I I mean I'd pay. I'd really pay to go and be uh be a part of that conversation. Hey, talking about shaving shaving things off. Yes. Dark side got hit with Hey, I gotta go. No, when are you, hey, you're beating me to the punch on it, Nick. We are not quite there. There's a couple of things we're going to get to. We're right, going right. to talk I'm just, about dude, I'm just excited. I know, but uh, one of the one of the sponsors here on the Pulpamex wrap up show, Motorsport. For those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATV, and UTVs, no Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. Nick, a couple more things we want to talk about here before we wrap up this wrap-up show yep. for 479. Uh, the seatbelt noise in the background. We didn't pull the audio of that because there was multiple different times that, that happened. Can I just start off with this and say, like, I, I tend to watch the show live when I'm at work and then when I'm driving home. So picture this, okay? I'm sitting in the car driving home... <laughs> <laughs> that starts and I'm like what the fuck is going on like I'm looking at the dash I'm fucking looking everywhere that's great I'm looking everywhere to see what the fuck is going on and I can't work it out anyway I turn the radio down it stops and I was like no <laughs> that is my story of how this first begun and that will st- stick with me for weeks um yeah. Dark side in studio. We know that Steve does not like to get railroaded by these sorts of things. And you can see it on YouTube the first time it happens. He looks over at Marks with this look of what the fuck is going on? What are you doing right now? What is happening to the show? And then you can just see this smirk creep across um, Keeper's face where he just knows that he set this <laughs> up. And then, yeah, then they try to run it. And then you see Keeper towards the end abort, abort mission. Just yeah, stop yeah. playing it. Don't eat. We're gonna we're gonna set him off. So, um, yeah. The rare, and then the Randy Richardson topic came up. But uh, in studio was was Steve as flustered as he looked on YouTube? Yeah. At first, he 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 thought something was wrong. Like he thought an alarm was going off or something. He didn't realize it was them busting his ball. So here's a little background information. Right. This is why Steve. I'm going to give you a perfect example of why Steve wants the guy that was in studio to to be on the wrap up show. So before the wrap-up show started, we're having an off-the-record talk. Well, first of all, I played Steve a video that I made last year after the Glenn Helen show. Yeah. As you recall, last year, a guy came out of the start, <laughs> made a left, right? You remember all that talk? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to repeat it here. If you guys haven't heard it, go find last year's Glenn Helen Vet National Show. I made. I showed him a video where I took the video of him with a bad start from two years ago and I overlaid that audio where he was talking shit about the other guy yeah. having a bad start. It's hard to explain without seeing it. But yeah. I was showing him this video on my laptop. I never posted it because I sent it to Steve, Marks, and Galdi first. And I was like, what do you think? Because he, you know, we know he was upset yeah. after that show, right? Because yeah. of all the Randy Richardson videos. Like he lost control of that show and he doesn't like that. Yeah. So I it was suggested that I do not post this video of Steve and the audio that I overlaid. So I never did. He never saw it until I was in his living room 
an hour and a half before Showtime Tuesday night, and he laughed at it, but it brought up the conversation of Randy playing those videos and Steve losing control. And I was like, yeah, you don't like losing control. And he admitted, he said, look, I I deserve to get my balls busted on topics. It's funny. I give it out. I have to take it. But when I have, you know, a show and I have a schedule and I have a way of trying to do things, sometimes, yeah, it gets a little, he gets a little flustered. Yeah. And I brought up at the live Vegas show a couple years ago when Davey Coombs came in as a, it was a last minute guest and he had set something up with Marks where they played all this audio and video that Steve didn't know they were going to play. And he wasn't happy because it threw him off his schedule. So... Before that conversation, Marks and Kiefer are talking about doing this seatbelt thing. Yeah. So it just worked out perfectly where he just got done bitching about, or not really bitching, but saying off the air, I don't like to have stuff happen that I'm not, I don't know is going to happen. Yeah. Like his point was, if you have something like Randy has these videos, tell me ahead of time I need 15 minutes. Yeah. You don't have to tell me what it is, but I need to know that there's a time spot for it. Yeah. So he... Basically, then we go in, we do the show Tuesday night, and the seatbelt thing's going off <laughs> that they pre-planned but didn't tell him, and yeah. he just got done talking about it a couple hours ago. It was perfect. And, yeah, he was not completely stoked. He was not. So, yeah. Well, another thing as well, when we were doing some of these questions as well, you could hear the phone ringing throughout the headsets. Was that something that was starting to set Steve off, or was Steve pretty calm with that, or...? Well, I think at first he didn't understand what it was, then he got annoyed by it. Yeah. Okay, because you seem to get a bit a little annoyed by it as well. Yeah. Pho- I did? Yeah. The, the phone the phone ringing when Talon had his microphone on and you could hear the phone. and I, that Okay, get- I misunderstood true. what you yeah. asked, Nick. I apologize. No, I wasn't annoyed by it. I was just surprised at how loud it was in the headphones. Yeah. Because yeah. we, don't, we don't really hear that when we're listening. Like, you might hear the phones in the background a little bit, but it was loud. Well, it was loud on that show as well. Okay. Watching it back, it Well, was... Steve mentioned that he had forgotten to mute it that time. So I was just... I, you guys know when you watch my show, yeah. I'm easily distracted. Yeah. I can't do the multitask <laughs> yeah. thing. So when that was going off, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So Cut- that, yeah, I wasn't annoyed, but I was just thrown off. Yeah. A couple of things before we, we wrap this up. We got a couple of topics we want to get to before we, we do that. Um... The the life swap segment, I'm very interested on when that happens, when they swap over. Like, uh, we, we heard it on the show. You've got to go back and listen. We won't break it down too much, but that is a very interesting um, sort of plan that the two boys are putting together there, Kiefer and Steve. So, I'm interested to see who's going to who's gonna crumble under I, that pressure. I'm with Dark Side, dude. There is no way that thing lasts a week. Yeah. I I really did enjoy the part where <laughs> where they asked if Pookie <laughs> was available in the deal as well, and and he's yeah. like, and they keep up. I will sleep in the other bed, and he kind of said it sarcastically with a little wink, like he's gonna <laughs> sneak in sneak into the bed with uh, Pookie. But that I mean that's what you get from Kiefer. So I'm interested to see that it went from a, a life swap to a wife swap, and then back to a life swap again. So you got to listen to 479 to hear all of that breakdown. One other thing is when they played the Vietnam Vic segment at the end of the show for Tyler's dad, I think it was, who passed away, who was a big... Like that, it also goes to show the softer side of Steve Mathis where he dedicated a portion to his show 
to somebody to a to a very very valued listener of the podcast. He, he didn't even really know, yeah. To be honest, no. Nope. But he nope. dedicated that to him. Obviously, it's a segment he would like, yep. but he did it out of the kindness of his heart. He's got to be commended. For that. There was a thing that Darkside said during that segment. He goes, "I think we all forget." on how much joy we can actually bring to people and how much people listen to it and get a lot out of it. Mm. And that was super, super true, Dark Side, because I look at it as like, dude, that Vietnam Vic story, if I ever need a laugh, dude, I'll go that. If I'm having a bad day, I'll jump on YouTube and go watch the shorts from, yeah. from Pulp. And there's probably a whole lot of people out there that, dude, as, as weird as it sounds, like the podcast you guys do, it's their life. It, it's what they it's the things that excite them it's what they they like to go home yeah. and you know we we go home and you you go home we, we turn pulp on that's a that's like our monday night rit- ritual for you guys so i i agree exactly what you said dark side 100 percent. yeah i didn't bring it up tuesday night and i think Kiefer might have made that statement nick maybe yeah. i did but i don't i thought it was Kiefer. but i was thinking about when i first started doing this wrap-up show i used to ask the guests, like what impact did Pulp MX have on your life? Like day to day, you know? And I had so many people reach out. So that's a dumb question. It's just a show, but it does have an impact. It becomes part of our weekly routine. Uh, This guy, Tyler's dad, you know, it made him happy. They bonded over it. Yeah. It does have an impact, just like a, a, a favorite TV show, right? Game of Thrones, man. People come together. You talk about it at the water cooler. Uh, you, you can't wait for the next episode. Dude, it becomes part of your life. It has an effect. Well, it, it, as, as crazy as it sounds, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for Pulp. Simple. Same. As simple, yeah. simple, yeah, sure. simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. He, big, he has a big impact on a lot of people. Yeah, there's some people that it's just a show to them, but there's other people that, as you said, with Tyler and his dad, you know, it bonded them together and, got, you know. Got to spend the, the moments together at the end. That's he, awesome, yeah, dude. Listen to the final show before he went into ICU and eventually, you know, passed on. And it, that story was very, very uh, heartwarming to hear. And, and then, you know, them to dedicate that back end of the show. Well, the entire show they end up dedicating yeah. to to Tyler's dad. So, um, yeah, I'm, I wanted to bring that up because yeah. I thought that was, you know, it's all fun and lighthearted and ball busting, but then there is a real side to to this, and and Steve's not afraid to go there as well with with the Pulp and Mac show. So, uh, absolutely, got yeah. to bring C- that up. Kudos to those guys, dude. That that was fucking amazing. That, that was. was good. All right, final piece of audio. The greatest piece of audio we have. Here it is. We can't wrap up the wrap up show without touching on this subject. I try. We want to help you. <laughs> so I've I've come up with this. Okay, and, and this was came to me in the last 48 hours. Okay. I don't think he even knows. So I have told you that I would like to get you a motorcycle because you don't have one. So you can, I'd like to get you one in Texas to test. You can write and do some things. Uh, JT didn't get to ride that much <laughs> for me. So I was sure. like, fuck it. Why not try dark side? Right. Yeah, yeah. So as I got to thinking, I already told you I would do that. Yes, you did. What if I could give you a bike? Yours, free and clear. Mm-hmm. Let's just give Pony a bike. What? Fuck my ass. What if I could give you a bike? Mm-hmm. I'll take care of it. I, I'll whatever it is. I will take care of it. Now you don't get to pick the bike. I will. Oh. I will give you a new motorcycle. Okay. Not a Suzuki. Okay. <laughs> 
Hashtag poor Suzuki. <laughs> okay, because I know that's where he's thinking, right? Like, where we're going with he's Suzuki. He's going to give me a or whatever, but yeah, that's where my head was. Okay. Dude, they're good bikes. They're fine. I know they are, but they man, are, I'm so but, sick of kicking bikes. Uh, but this kick, is how important it is forever. to me and you, me and Steve. <laughs> yeah. is we want the pony gone. Are you kidding me? My phone's blowing up right now. It's funny. So what if I could get you a motorcycle? Mm-hmm. Have your own dirt bike. You you just got to, whatever you need for it, I can even maybe try to get that for you before it gets delivered to you, or you pick it up, ride, take it home, and it's yours. I'll, okay. give, you the, I'll give you the title for <laughs> Cut of the Pony. You're fucking kidding me. Can, okay. It's and then listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Do not make the... Just like what he says. <laughs> With the brain Wait injury. a little while. Don't fucking make a decision right now. Yeah, yeah. Think about this. I would love to have you on the show because we're late in the show. We don't want to do it now. Yeah, I want to do it. It's not. We want some buildup. Sure. Let's get you to think about it. Okay. On the show, call in. Hey, I made a decision. I don't have to be here. Steve will take care of it. Should we run a Twitter poll? <laughs> on Twitter poll? No. Yes. No. Twitter, Twitter poll. Should Pony take the deal of a bike? Yep. Or keep the pony. Dark side, before I open the floor up to you, I'm just going to start off with saying a couple words, and it is, if you don't take this deal, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Dark side, give me your thoughts. Like, can you just tell me as you're sitting there hearing this, your first thoughts, and then your thoughts after you start to process it? Yeah, man. Uh, well, first of all, what you just said seems to be the uh, general consensus because I've gotten that from Twitter and Instagram for the last two days. Uh, I've had guys tell me they'd cut off their dick for the bike. Oh, That's the bike. a little far. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it seems to be the general consensus that it'd be stupid to not take the deal. Mm. Um, not going to tell you guys if I've made up my mind or not yet. Oh. Um I wasn't oh. expecting that exactly. Nah. I we Kiefer and I had talked a couple months ago about him getting me a test bike for the year. Yep. Uh, you know, he said like I should have got you a bike. You would have rode way more than JT rode the Honda. I should have given you the Honda. I'm going to get you a bike this year. I wasn't sure if that was actually going to happen. So when he, I wasn't really prepared for this as an option. Yep. I was pretty pretty surprised, mm. and it was. I, I don't even know how to tell you what I was feeling at the time because I was trying to wrap my brain around. Okay, I really want a new bike. I cannot afford a new bike. Mm. The fact that somebody's willing to get me a new bike, but I have to cut my hair, which anybody that knows me, it's pretty important to me. It's yeah. a big part of who I am, at least in my mind. So, yeah, it's fucking a big decision for me, even though I know understand why people think it should be very easy yeah. to make a this decision. But, yeah. um, yeah, man, it's uh, I, I, Kiefer and I are going to talk this weekend. Has Amber tuned in on the uh, on this at all? Or? No, I haven't even told her because I don't want to listen to that response. <laughs> that's gonna be. That's gonna so be hard where, are we? Are we fifty fifty dark side? Are we? Where are we? We'll go fifty fifty for now. Um, all right, I'll be honest. I've made up my mind, so I'll tell you that. All right. So okay. It's, so it's after the show, you'll tell us. Yeah. All no. fair. All fair. <laughs> no. We're gonna break the news. We can't break it here on the on the wrap up show. The one thing I wanted. <laughs> the one thing I wanted to to get with that as well. Kiefer was very intense. If you watch on YouTube, he was very intense. Like he really wanted to get in your brain and be like, "Hey, like this is legit. 
he was right there. Like, he was looking you deep in the eye. And I was like, when somebody does that, <laughs> like, they are for serious. Because, I mean, you could have taken that as a joke, you know, as as them sort of. But when he really got serious and looked you in the eye, I was like, man, this guy's legit yeah, right yeah, now. Dude. Like, I, I, when I'm watching it, like, as viewers, we're going, like, he's for serious right now. This is, like, what is Darkseid going to do? Because if that was said in tongue in cheek, you know, it's oh, yeah, whatever. But when he got serious, I'm sitting there going, I don't think it's as easy as what these guys are making it out. Um, you know, I, I sit there and go, man, that's still a big decision because, as you said, you've had it a long time. It's been a Yeah, part 95. Of, yeah, it's a part of your... I mean, you don't want to know how old Nick was when that was... Uh, <laughs> when you started growing that. But, I mean, it, as you said, it's part of your image. It's part of what people know you as. You, you know, you're known as the pony. As You know, you probably don't like that, but it is some something that people know you for. Well... So, it, it isn't as easy a decision as I think people make it out to, to be. But it is definitely one that I would not personally. I'm I don't envy you having to sit there and try and make that deal. Exactly, and it's a it's a. I, I read here a big shout to Steve Hall. He uh he put some notes together and sent them through to us. So a massive thank you to him. But with his notes, he's also got here. I think the pony is a part of Darkseid's brand now. Yeah, that's a big. And I agree with you, Trent. That's a big thing to break. Yeah, breaking your brand of you know everything's built around the pony. You know the pony pod. It's when you come on the pony. If for some reason they think the pony can talk they think the pony yeah. can do everything it's a major part of your brand and it was just like you know I, I sort of sit here thinking now I go oh okay yeah I'd take the bike but the more I think about it that whole other side of it jumps mm. out at me so dude I um you've got a pretty big decision to make there well he's made it yeah, yeah well, he's not telling my, us my phone just lit up as we're sitting here and just a, a listener uh, Instagram me Trevor Paul Dude, you have to. I'm a Midwest blue-collar guy with long hair, too. I'd bick my head for a bike. This yeah. is a no-brainer. Yeah. That's 100% what I've gotten all day. Yeah. Well, no, I take that back. Um, the voice of the drunken people said, don't do it. And one other person, I don't remember who it was, said, don't do it. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, can, can you just imagine what type of haircut you're going to end up with? Like, I, No, I, that's the other thing. Is that's like, what would scare me. Kiefer wants to pick my, but here's the thing. I was talking about it at work with some of the guys and um, just tell them what the, the option was. And like, Kiefer's not going to fuck me over. No. Like he's not trying, no. he's not going to be like, no, we're going completely bald. He's not trying to fuck me over. He, in his mind, he's trying to help me. Yeah. Like I legitimately believe he thinks this is in my best interest. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and, he, and I, I just think it'd be like a regular, you know, men's haircut that's getting around you know the short on the sides yeah. maybe a bit of length on top you know that sort of style similar to what he's probably got I would imagine would be what he's it but he does seem like it may be different though that's when he, the way he said it he's like I'm gonna pick the do and I'm like uh, that's I mean but as you said I feel like he's gonna maybe he's doing it for you he's not gonna he's not gonna screw you over I did like how yeah. I did like how Connor broke it down as well when he sat there and he's like well it's really only five grand a year <laughs> like right, you know, right. yeah you got, you're making five grand a year and you'll have your pony back in three years so uh, yeah I, I I liked how Connor sat down and thought about that as well yeah I, I did too that was funny um, yeah I, I don't know I don't know what else to say right now because like I said I, the decision's made Kiefer and I are gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell him the decision this weekend. Um, but yeah, so I don't know when we're gonna talk about it on the show. He wanted to wait a little while. I probably do need to continue to think about it. But as of right now, the decision's been made. Um, 
yeah, I just cut my hair, man. That's that's that would be very difficult on me. Uh, it may sound stupid to people, but emotionally, even like it's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I think you just cut him out with your answer, there, Doc. Yeah, Side. I feel like we know where you're saying, but think uh, so. Yeah, I, hey, I reckon we put it out to the listeners. Email is darkside at popamex.com. Popamexshow.com. There you no, go. No, popamex.com. Yeah, yep. popamex.com. I got it right. See? Email darkside uh, and figure out I did guess. A, sorry, I did send a text yeah. to Kiefer this morning. And I said, um, can you tell me what country this bike will be manufactured in? <laughs> and yeah, he wouldn't give me anything, so I don't know. If we had to have guesses right now, what bike do we think Darkside would get, Trent? It's not going to be. It's not going to be a Zuki. They <laughs> they obviously said that. Um, I don't know. I th- I I, don't, I think Blue Crew. Yeah, I think it would be something that hasn't changed much. Blue Crew hasn't changed much this year. Cowie hasn't changed much this year. Or sorry, next year, twenty twenty two. I don't think you're going to yeah. get a Honda Darkside because it's all new for twenty two. So I think he's going to be doing a lot of work on it. So I don't think it's going to be a Honda. But it, I, you know, and then KDM and that as well. They're all pretty similar. So it could be a European. I don't know. I know he likes the Huskies and KDMs. When yeah. you listen to his tests, he's a big fan of the Husky and um, KDM gas gas. Maybe a gas gas. If you had to pick one dark side, what would you pick? Well, I, I said on the show though, and I, I, I like as far as I like the Yamahas the best as far as how they look. Yeah, I can't tell you about riding one because I the only thing I've ever ridden is Hondas for years. Yeah, uh, other than. The, the Bradshaw Yamaha, the 21. Some of the um, best audio you'll ever find. But I, I think I, I wouldn't mind trying an Austrian bike. And I think he's got a pretty yeah. good connection with KTM. Yep. But again, I don't, I just, and I don't want to, yeah, I don't know, man, where I'm at. I don't, my head's kind of all over the place with it, Spin. even though I, like I, I said, I've made a decision. It could change tomorrow. I reckon just sleep on it for a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Sleep on the hair. <laughs> Cuddle the you got, pony. You got the joke. <laughs> One last time. All right. Well, anything else from you, Nick, that you want to bring up? Uh, dude, um, I just thank Darkside for giving us this opportunity, really. It was a, a great show. I can't wait to see Darkside in there again. You know, we got to call in as well. Oh, it was yeah. your, well, this is something I wanted to get to, Trent. That was your first call into Pulp. I know. I was uh, uh, Scary? I was a little nervous because, I, I mean, I've been a big fan for a long time and I never called in. And, I mean, yeah, we have our own podcast down here and our own show and... I was like, oh, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. And then for us too, Darkside, I think we probably got to put this on there. There is a fair delay. It's for dude, us. It's so hard. Yeah. For us, like when you guys talk and then from when we talk, there's a delay. So it sounds, you know, like we're not listening. And then when we try and talk, you know, it probably doesn't come through the greatest quality either because we are calling from basically the other side of the world. Um, but no. Like on our mobiles at work. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like yeah. And I was kind of just, I mean, yeah, being the first time and, and Nick and I being on together, it was, it was nerve wracking to start. I'm, I'm kind of pumped that I got to do it, but dude, here we are. It, dude, it's so nerve wracking. And I, I think when I first called in, I was lucky enough that dark side sort of coached me through yeah. it. And I was also lucky enough that Steve was super, super cool with me. So that's probably one of my biggest things. If there's anyone out here that listens to the Pulpmex show, that listens to the Pulpmex wrap up show, if you want to call in, the numbers there, guys, do it. It's uh, it's a cool experience. You'll uh, you'll love it. I reckon. What about you? You, you, you all for it? Yeah, be a part of the show. So you get your 
with dark sides talking about it before being you know you make sure you have your questions sorted make sure you, <laughs> yeah, you don't know, be one of those callers don't be one of those yeah. callers when you are going to call in but it is nerve-wracking and expect it to be like that but uh no it's it's all good so nothing else from you that you wanted to bring up dark side about being in studio any topic that you we didn't discuss no, I do want to say like for when you're when you're in studio, you probably heard this before, like the five hours or five and a half flies by hmm. and the commercial breaks that I normally can't stand. Uh, like we barely had time to eat our food. We yeah. ran downstairs. I get half my in and out burger down. Oh, and dude. Stop. Talon's up there going. <laughs> Talon's going two minutes. I'm like, hold seriously. Yeah. So, yeah, it freaking the time difference is so weird when you're in studio it just flies by man it's so fast for sure in and out burger yeah. that just that yeah. just stopped me in my tracks right there Trent. <laughs> yeah i got to uh, i got to pick the meal and uh we they, they first brought up chipotle i was like man you know i think pookie or maybe mathis was like are you a chipotle guy and i'm like eh, it's all right but where i live we have so many mexican restaurants yeah we're not going to chipotle we got like authentic yeah. tex-mex so I didn't really care for that so much. And somebody said something about In-N-Out. I was like, yeah, In-N-Out. Hell yeah. Absolutely. So that's what we had. And then Pookie made um, uh, oatmeal raisin, fresh oatmeal raisin cookies for Pookie Snacks. Yeah. Ooh, you, I, you, you could hear them say. He, yeah, Keith, Keith was up. like, I, I smell guess, cookies. Yeah, I smell cookies. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pookie Snacks were back for the special, special guest, Dark Side yeah. in studio. So. Pookie Snacks. And Connor, don't forget Connor. Oh, Connor, Connor ruled, yep. man. Yeah, true. Yep. Hey, Trent. Pulp MX wrap up show can't be done without guts racing, Mitchell and bicycle tires, seal savers, and motorsport.com. Best partners in the game. Yep. So support the uh, the sponsors of the Pulp MX show, the Pulp MX wrap up show. If you want to find out any more uh, deals, go to pulpmxshow.com and you'll find all the deals there that you need. All the codes to save. Darkside, we got to thank you for giving us the opportunity here to host your Pulp MX wrap up show. Uh, it's uh, a lot of work. We do commend you on the amount of work yeah. that goes into this. And there was two of us doing it, and it's one of you that has to do it each and every week. So um, people who listen to the wrap-up show and, and shit on it, it's a lot of work. Got to give you some credit for it. <laughs> yeah. Stop shitting on it. Dark Side is the man. Uh, but we got to thank you for, for allowing us to do this. But uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys. I want to tell Steve, thank you for having me in again. Um, you know, he pays for the flights. He pays for the Uber. He pays you to be on there. He pays for the food. Um, yeah, great. Really just Steve's a great dude. Anybody that thinks he can be a dick, he's really just a good dude in real life. So, uh, appreciate it. Thank all the sponsors. As you said, any other sponsors you guys want to support from Pulpmex, pulpmexshow.com. Click on the contact or the, the sponsor deals tab. Yeah. Use those codes, man, because, these shows can't happen without them. There's some new sponsors coming, I think. Uh, 22's coming up. We'll probably have some new stuff up. Um, but I, I appreciate everything you guys do to help out. I appreciate Steve Hall, right? And uh, a couple other guys have reached out to try to start helping out with a wrap-up show with notes. So um, hopefully it's just going to continue to get bigger, man, and better. For sure. Well, that's going to be a wrap on show 479. Uh, two weeks off, Dark Side, and then you'll be back uh, wrapping yep. up for 80 uh, rolling yeah, through the shows. I think that's Cade Clayson in studio, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, another ripper. That would be a great show. Yeah, I think it's Cade. We need Kate, yep. Kate and A Ray back together Ooh, again. That's a, that's always that's always a firework show. Well, that's going to do it. Yeah, four seventy nine. That's a wrap. That's it from Nick and myself. Thank you guys. Thank you, Dark Side. We'll. Uh, You're welcome. We're out. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the Pulp Show?